You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 91st episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim Hayes in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is the little guy in Minneapolis. <laughs> and this is Spencer Howe in Boston, Massachusetts. Is that that what we're doing tonight? Funny well, voices? No, I'm doing that because I'm really into this podcast called, um, it's Lon Taylor, the Ramblin' Boy on Marfa Public Radio. It's this old, like, 89-year-old dude who uh, used to work for the Smithsonian, and he wait, starts wait. every podcast. With Marfa Public Radio? Marfa like Public Marfa, Radio. Texas? Yeah, and this guy does a little like <laughs> Texas history podcast every Friday. And he start there's this like really dramatic music and then he starts <clears> going, <throat> This is Lon Taylor, the Ramblin' well, Boy. You said Texas History Podcast? Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Doesn't talk about <laughs> bikes at all, but it's a really okay. good podcast. Okay. All right. Oh, <laughs> Just good. sure. Oh man, this is already off to a uh, great start. Hey guys, mm. um, we got a pretty sweet question the other day that I thought would be a great way to start off the podcast because people can always email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com and we are known for being experts on advice and all things cycling. And mm-hmm. so what better way that um, you may remember we've, we've put out the shout out to our single um, UK listener, which uh-huh. this UK listener's name is Tom. And I must admit, I was a little disappointed that, a name, that his name wasn't Murray. Um, but then I thought maybe Murray was like our Scottish listener and then maybe it's not the same thing, you know? So anyways, Tom, in um, our defense, we're American, so we don't really know where the UK starts and ends. Yeah. You know, and he, and he tells us, you know, great podcast, the right balance of rumor, gossip and tittle tattle. I don't know what that is, but, but here's a, here's the question. And it's, and it's obvious that the question is written from someone overseas and not here in America, but the, the gist is the same. He says, if a bike racer has been performing rather well in one cross league where the quality isn't that great, can, can he go or should they go, he or she go, to another cross league and use their position to get that front row start spot and stay there? So in short, should a racer from Florida, that's a category like one, then go to <laughs> – you know, New England, New England or Georgia <laughs> and stay, Georgia. And stay uh, in the front row, even though they don't have like they have the points, but they're not as good quality. Mm. Well, you never know until you try. So at least That's he's got to do it once. He's got to show up at the front because how does he know? Maybe maybe he does have the stuff to hang in this well, New England-esque land rest- that he's traveled to from the Florida backwater he lives in. What do you think the Florida of the UK is? Probably Wales. <laughs> oh yeah, well, we of, just lost our Wales. A lot of people Wales. go to Wales to retire. <laughs> so, so here's here's the rest of the thing. He says, should the bike racer admit that their front row gridded position, based on points in the lower quality league, is not required as they know they are going to get absolutely smashed in the better league, or should they just yeah. keep quiet, keep their head down, and maybe wear some understated kit and just hope that 
people don't notice that the guy in the front row dropped all the way through the the back of the pack like a lead weight. Mm. I welcome your thoughts on this. And I like that he came to the American source of expertise because one would think, based off of past um, cyclocross results, that this is what's going on with Jeremy Powers. But we know for a fact that that is not what happened to Jeremy Powers at Hoogerhide because he was almost run into the barriers by the world champion. Okay, maybe not at Hoogerhide, but maybe other times that's uh, kind of what's happened. This is the same idea, right? He's he's the biggest fish in the small American pond. He goes over there, and he's obviously... He's, he's the 35th so fish. Good, but he's the 35th fish, but he gets to start on the front row. And there's there's probably a handful of guys who are like, I can't believe that dude's going to start in front of He me. should be allowed to start in the front row because he's earned that front row start because it's he's true. going to races that have the uh, the qualification points. Hopefully at some point the American scene builds up to be strong enough to be world class, and maybe we are getting closer to that. We're definitely, what, what, the fourth best uh, country? What about the other side of this same question? What if you flip the question around and you say, is it fair for somebody from a higher cycling league to go go sandbag it in a lower quality area? Like, you know, is is the guy who gets 10th place in New England cross races – is it fair for him to go down and smash faces in Florida? Absolutely. It would be amazing. Yeah, pile yeah. on points or whatever. It's the same way when every every year, last you know, handful of years, one like middle-of-the-pack Belgian dude shows up for the early season American races yeah. and crushes everyone. Like, was it Bosemans or whatever who showed was, up this year? Yeah, there was a couple different ones. Okay. There was, so he was there... here this year, right? He won mm-hmm. a bunch of races, and then mm-hmm. he... Uh, Stopped racing about a month later because he has Lyme's disease mm. and wasn't feeling well it. enough to race. So got nobody it had it. <laughs> nobody had it last year. So he had he had okay. Lyme's disease last year. He still had enough form to show up in America and crush people for a couple of weeks and then go back to Europe and be like, "Oh yeah, I still have Lyme's disease." Hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't really know what to t- what to tell you for advice other than uh yeah if you got the points man just run with it like i'm hanging on to my cat two license for dear life i don't deserve to be in that field any longer there's absolutely i don't do the work i shouldn't be there i should downgrade but i'm not going to because it's a point of pride you know if they're going to put you on the front row you take that front row start and you slide back through that field with dignity with oh. dignity yeah you However, slide back. it's okay to slide back in the back of the field so um, you, just look you down can, at your you pedal can. and kind of shake it around like, oh, I got a cleat yeah. problem. Oh, I gotta... Stamp on the pedal, <sighs> check your tire pressures, problem. you know, bang your bars a little bit, make it, make a little show of it, you know, like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, really frustrating. So we have another question that came, um, not, not directed at us, but because we're experts again, it is an important question to answer. And the question is, is Kevin Pauls the champion of Estonia? And that was asked by Cameron Beard PLS on Twitter. Why, uh, um, who, why is that asked? Who is this guy? Who 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 is Cameron Beard? <laughs> Answer me that. Oh, I an up and coming cyclocross amateur racer, I, I think. And you know, he really reached out, dug down deep to uh to to make everybody happy with the greatest <laughs> question in the history of cyclocross. At That's the, true. The, so, little guy, you may not know what happened. Did I you, don't know. Did you I can tell feet? you that the Estonian national t- champion is probably Rain Terame. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so little guy, what we're alluding That's to is that, hard. is that Estonia, Rain Terame, boom, boom, done. Is that the UCI um, Cyclocross World Cup coverage so, on YouTube? The uh, the announcer was like, "Hey, tweet me questions." And Cameron Beard, professional cyclocross racer for Cannondale Cyclocross World, tweets him, "Hey, is Kevin Powell's the champion of Estonia?" And this was oh, shortly so this, after someone else asked, kid. "How do they get out of their pedals so fast?" When they're clipped in, and like, like to, the, when they're using toe, toe clips. clips, and that was <laughs> so every, so everyone is Vlad, former U twenty three national champion. So, so everyone's everyone really trolling, is just trolling oh, this no. guy. And yeah. then he totally he asked. I asked one of the questions. I was like, "Hey, how come um, uh, uh, Voot Van Art is the Belgian national champion, but he's wearing a white skin suit?" Yeah, and, that's uh, like a legitimate question. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> And he was answering the other. In, in the other opinion, ones are just mean. That Belgian one does outrank world. world yeah, uh, but that's a legitimate years. question. The other ones are just mean spirited. <laughs> you think they're mean spirited? Obviously, well, see, that's, that's they were the done. They, if anything, that's done with the goal of making other people who are also being mean on Twitter snicker and go, <laughs> "It's mean spirited." <laughs> but you don't think it's a little funny? Like at least like once or twice. Well, like I think this week. If it continues after this week, then it's done. But I think this week it was it was pretty well, the hilarious. The season's basically done after this week. I think a big part of it too was the fact that uh, not only that they were trying to make fun of this guy, but that nobody's been enjoying his commentary. He's not. He's replaced yeah. the other Eurosport guys, and he's not real good well, at his job. He might get did he there. Answer these questions. Yes. Yeah. Was he, he answered like, them live on the stream. Was he like, uh, no, K Pow is not. No. Yeah. He said no. He's not the champion of Estonia. That's his new jersey or his new kit. Yeah, and he described us uh, how uh, clips, toe clips work now. You know, clip. Well, see, I feel like see that's what proves it's mean is that obviously he has to take all these things seriously. Like his job is to take it seriously. If he was in a position like if we were just fake announcing a race here on our podcast and somebody tweeted us, "How do they get out with their toe clips?" We could say, "Fuck off! Ask a real question." You know. Yeah. He can't do that on the UCI channel. You know how you do that though on the Sky Channel. You know how you do that. You just don't read it on the air. But he read, he little guy. He read a question that someone asked, like, "Hey, is he wearing a double chamois?" Mm-hmm. This is because his boss is probably like, "Read the question." He's like, "I don't want to read this question. It's a joke <laughs> question." And the boss is like, "Read the fucking question. We don't have any other ones. We said we'd read some questions." Like, no, he was. He was he's not questions. in control of this. He, probably. he he read one for me, which was I thought was a legit question. I forgot for it. Okay, I didn't forget, but. It was like, like hey, you just did. Oh, you got a mean one? No, like he, you know, he had told us a couple of times. It's kind of like the old, like, why do they shave legs or not shave legs? That um, yeah, he said you know, sexiness. It's just kind of like it was pretty funny. <laughs> I will say this is that then, of course, Adam Myerson was the the voice of reason that was like, hey, are we push? Are we crossing the line at this point? Yeah. Which, and to that, be fair, Mr. Myerson has been pretty critical of this guy in the past. Yeah, well, that's what I he said. He didn't awkwardly it, make fun of him uh, at his well, job. And this, well, this is that I say, yeah. to, well, to be fair, this guy has gotten better over the last couple of weeks. And Myerson goes, yeah, but it wasn't him announcing the race last week. <laughs> and I was like, was, oh, I never know. mind. I, Oops. Yeah. He's, he's not good. He's no, not going to last. In it. I feel bad. And I don't think he's that bad. Him, I don't think he's that bad. This won't get him fired if anybody's worried about that. You know what well, I mean? I, but it probably won't get his contract renewed next year. But I doubt that was going to happen anyway. So I, I think don't, he's, people need to feel well, guilty. 
I think mean, he's judge, an okay announcer. By Paul and Phil, I mean, it doesn't fucking matter what you say. You I guess that is true. You know, just just whatever. You know, you, you go into start... the meeting with your bosses who have never watched a bike race, and you're like, I'm super popular. I got this stuff on the rivet. Mm-hmm. So Ooh. I asked two questions. I was okay. a little bummed I didn't ask one from I didn't ask my Belgian one from the Slow Ride Podcast Twitter account because then he would have read that on the air and that would have been pretty oh, cool. Idiot! But you, World Championships—that's the know, biggest stage for self-promotion. But I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do like I am a big fan of that kind of trolling because that is like what <laughs> the internet is for. Like yes. Tim Johnson, who is a that's my favorite color, kind of trolling. He's a color commentator doing the mm-hmm. same exact work that this guy does, and Tim Johnson was the one that pointed it out to me. Because like when I heard the question, like how do they get out of the pedals with the toe clips, I just laughed at it. I was like, oh man, I can't believe someone asked that. And then it was Tim Johnson that like tweeted, you know, a shout out to whoever asked it. Like, oh man, that was some epic level. Like that's what the internet's for. And then I was like, all right, this is pretty hilarious. Let's see what we can get away with. Wait, so what is the next thing you asked? You, you told me one thing you asked. What um, is the other thing you asked? I'm trying to you gotta look it up. Yeah, I got to look it up. But the, overall, the whole, the whole episode itself I thought was pretty funny. And the winner was definitely asking if Kevin Powell's was the Estonian national champion. Because for a brief second, you think maybe he is the champion of Estonia. Well, he no, is. you don't. You think it's got to be Rain Terrame. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, there, I don't think there are any other professional estonian cyclists there's no there's lots of them they're, they're I, one of those countries I asked, where like john okay, i asked john kersep or whatever his name was that used to ride for ag2r like way back in yeah. the day like in the christoph Morode. i asked him i said excuse me where are the barriers <laughs> excuse me that's not, a, that's not a bad question i think where are the barriers i think that that was a pretty good question like i didn't see the barrier were there barriers on the course i don't I, know i don't i don't remember well were there barriers? Because let's, let's talk about... Uh, let's talk about the race itself. The actual bike race. Let's talk about Hoogerheide. There were not any barriers on the course. However, there was a brand new staircase with 42 steps up, and it conveniently Ugh. placed Portageon at the base of the stairs. Nice. And the, the Spencer, you could have stopped there mid-race. Well, so could, yourself a yeah, lose a few pounds before you have to run up all so nine those, flights of stairs. The, the stairs only really came into... Um, need once on the first lap when uh, Matthew Vanderpool just ran away up the stairs and was never seen of again. And it yeah. turned out to be an extremely boring cyclocross race won by Matthew Vanderpool over Voot van Aert. Um, and you know, it was just not hey, that so, much fun. Tim, are you changing your club? Cause you had your anyone but Woot club. And now that he's second in every race and Vanderpool wins every race, you still don't seem happy. For a while, well, it was anybody. You've gotten one guy. I think that the uh, – it's a good question, little guy. I, I now question <laughs> myself if I started the Anybody Vout, Vout, Vout fan club too early. Yeah. Because <laughs> now it's like obvious that Vanderpool is the class act. Even though Van Aert has won the, um, you know, the World Cup, Cup series. Standings, yeah. So yeah. I may just have to get – instead of going from the negative – just start going and believing in the power of positivity and just going all back in with Kevin Powell's. Yeah. Because say, hmm. go back in with your first love or just go into like wanting yeah. competitive. You need, you need to, I might just, yeah, I might just embrace, maybe just embrace the, uh, the drive side dismount club because you got yep. both Powell's and then you got Sweek 
who is really mm-hmm. starting to tear it up the last few weeks. Yeah, I'm, Mr. Fourth I'm place. pretty convinced that the entire Napoleon Games team is Driveside Dismount Club. I haven't seen Loss any isn't. of them that aren't. <laughs> I think, but he's I not think most he's of them are. Benched. I know classes has been benched, but you're right. Like like Verse, whatever that dude. There's he's... like four of them. Yeah, they're almost all drive side. That is a weird you're, thing. You're fast and you dismount drive side. Come to our team, oh, please. Join come our to Napoleon games. Yeah. Follow Kevin around. He will show you yeah. how to do it. So yeah, that's a weird thing. I thought that's the race overall. I was really disappointed in the race, and it. I think it speaks highly that a lot of other people were bored by the race. Because that's why we were trolling the announcer. Because like, if it was a good race, no one would be like care. Because it would well, be yeah. captivating, and the yeah, poor yeah. guy was stuck there talking about a very boring race. Like it was nowhere about that race that was exciting, and the course itself battle. was like, eh. You had the you get to watch Wooten and uh, Mandar yeah. battle. Grassman and Straws here, little guy. It was no, good. I know. The whole I race was real what boring. What squeak was in there? I know, but Vander. The race was Vanderbilt boring. Is so good right now. The race was boring so over good. after what half a lap. So, so, so people so just gotta I, box him in. So it's like two weeks ago where he actually had to fight his way to the front for at least half the race. Oh, yeah. So uh, yeah. does what does this say about our predictions for Worlds? I I, I will call it now that Worlds is going to be a uh, Vanderpool win followed by Vout Van Art. And then a Kevin Pauls in third place, just like last See? week. So a repeat. Repeat. A repeat of this week. Okay. A, a, an easy repeat. And the top placed yeah. American will be Jeremy Powers in like 21st place. 21st? Uh-huh. That's a, that's a five spots too low. So what do you, you think? think he'll get 16th? I do. <laughs> no, 16th uh-huh. is, is going to be one of the Van Turnouts. No, it's going to be uh, right. Radimir Semenik or whatever. All right. Well, what's your what's your podium, little guy? What's it look like? I, how do you how do you, you say just the pulled names out of the hat? Yeah. Vanderpool. How do you do this? I don't understand. No, Vanderpool is going to win for sure. Uh, Woods probably second, and I think Schweik is going to sneak past Vandahar the last second and really? get like his first legitimate big race podium. I'm At worlds. At worlds. Oh. At worlds. All right. So oh. two Vanderpool wins about Van Art. And then right. I've got Pauls. Little guy's got Sweet. Who do you got, Spencer? Well, I got. Uh, I'm similar here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull for the old man. He's gonna pull off the third step of the podium. So we got Sven Nice. Orange is not right on the podium. It's gonna happen. Okay. Then that'd be cool. Then we've got Vanderpool in second. I'm gonna buck the trend here and say he's not gonna win because no in way. first place. With a monster move because it's going to be a muddy race. Two nerds. Oh, you think Mewson? Francis Moray. Yeah, that will not happen. <laughs> French cyclocross will come through and steal the day. He tried no. in 2013 in front of the crowds in Louisville, and he slipped out in the corner. We were all standing at and watched him slide across yeah. the mud. Hey, he was he right was there. Was he won't. He Ventura, the other, the other French dude, is the best hope. I, I hate to say it. I hate to say that Moray is not the strongest Frenchman, but you know that the Ventura, the Confidus guy, is the actually the best. Can bet. we call him the body? Hey, so yeah, let's call him the body. <laughs> the body, okay. Right, the body let's is go. the best French chance. He's hey, like six. In watching the um, coverage on the UCI channel, I want to say that I'm very impressed by like European racers, especially like Vanderpool, where after the race they're doing the interviews and they do it in like two or three different languages. It's pretty cool yeah. to see. 
Which it's leads to the next the, the reason I was thinking about languages was like because I was going to ask who's going to be the top Amer like who's going to be the top English speaking, but then it was like Vanderpool was like ridiculously fluent in his question and answer session oh, yeah. before g- slipping back into that dirty language of Fran- uh, Belgian or whatever that is. Um, <laughs> Dutch. <laughs> Dutch, <laughs> yeah, sure. Flemish it's kind of Flemish. Flemish. So who's going to be All the right. top English speaking um, finisher? Namely, Who's will Ian like... Field beat all the Americans, or will an American beat Native Ian Field? Native, Native English. Yeah, yes. first, first, first language. Uh, yes. No, I think Powers will be. Powers? Yeah. Over Hyde? I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Powers in 16th place. What yeah. place will uh, Anthony Clark finish? 17th. I'm going to say 27th. Top Has 20 Clark gone over there yet to do any racing? No I don't idea. believe so. So he's just going over think, one race. I think he's going to be he's going to be twenty seventh because that's what place Driscoll would get, and since he's Driscoll's replacement, boom, well, Durin, <laughs> slot him right in. It's crazy because like Duran was there and Travis Liverman and Krughoff, and there's no yeah. Anthony Clark on the results. Well, Anthony Clark is uh, a special guy in in that you know he's a single dad and he's you know working for his parents' company and stuff like that. Like he's got responsibilities that a lot of bike racers especially at the professional level that are going to worlds yeah. don't have. Um, so, and that's a big part of why I, I donated to his GoFundMe, you know, cause I'm like, you know what, that dude, that dude has earned it. Like he's worked really hard to get where he is. And you know, let's, yeah. I'm, I'm really happy he got the selection. I'm really happy people have supported him. All right. That's so a, that's my, my soapbox for the it's day. It's a soapbox, you guys, a good soapbox to have, but, um, more importantly, what do you guys think about the women's uh, winners? Who, I was just who about, do you think is going to take it there? I was just about to say, I think that this is um, Sané Kant's year. And yeah. I think that Katie Compton is going to be taking second place. And then um, Nikki Harris in third place for the uh, the women's race. So it's a good we pick. have a Kant-Compton-Harris uh, podium. Mm. Right. That's hard to not uh, agree with that. I Really want Compton to win this year, but what she get twelfth last week? I think we all do. Yeah, we all want Compton to find the win, but I... doesn't it doesn't look like it's gonna happen? Anyway, I'm gonna just go with the same as Tim because like, <laughs> see how I what can. What the hell? Not... I am it's like Vanguard, it's a solid baby. Pick. How how do I how do I root like how do I say anything other? Than you winning? doubled up oh. twice with super rookie picks. You're crazy. <laughs> He's going before me, and it's... How much has he paid you for this? It's kind of a no-brainer. Kant's going to win. Like, Vanderpool's going to win, and Kant's going to win. Did you watch the little, like, the little Vanderpool video on the internet of him and Kant and all the other BCCP guys, like, teammates hanging out, eating croissants, and then going for a ride together? Like, obviously, he's going to win, and obviously, she's going to win. She's, like, training with him. They're going to just crush everybody. Okay. Well, I'm going to buck the trend again, because that's what I do with my picks. You just make uh, shit up. You're just like, what? No. Ours is going to come true. On... Okay. Well, I've based this on my uh, hard analysis that I've been doing. I've been crunching numbers over here for a couple of weeks now. I got third place. I'm going to put Kant down in third place. She has not been racing well lately. She's been a little off her game. She was dominant all year, but usually that ends on a slide uh, towards the end of the season. I'm going to put perennial favorite who kind of comes out of the dark every year at worlds 
I actually don't know if she's racing, but I assume that she is. <laughs> Katarina Nash in second place. Right. Because Katarina Nash will crush everyone's face without having showed up all year. So it's like the Ge- the Georgia Gold. Uh, a little bit. Thing. A little bit. Yeah, nationals. Nice. Okay. And the winner will be on a, on a steady trajectory through the whole season, Italy's finest, oh. Eva Lechner. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Big fan of the podcast. You know that won't be the case. Not a big That's, fan of the podcast. I'm putting, <laughs> I'm putting a dollar on it right now. So that, that could be pretty cool. Ooh, Eva Lechner you taking do that? the win. Like, so, roller derby or something? All right. Well, roller derby is not going to be coming back. I checked with the uh, leader about roller derby, the greatest cycling fantasy web game of all time. But What's his excuse right. for why it's not coming back? Uh, you know, sometimes, little guys, uh, people just get a little too busy. And with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with the Slow Ride Podcast. Hey, this is Mo Bruno Roy, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. What are we talking about? All right, guys, we're back in... You know, the kind of tragedy struck um, cycling over this past week um, with the Constantly. fake start of uh, the season with televised well, team training camps in Argentina and in Australia and absolutely. also the training camps in Europe. And, the, of course, we're talking about the crashes that have happened. The big one, of course, is the giant Alpecian team. I mean, John Dagenkolb practically lost a finger when a uh, British, an older British woman – um, was driving on the wrong side of the road uh, up in a mountain is what it sounds like or kind of around some turns yeah, and uh, sure. straight head on into a team of which, what, eight riders were taken to the hospital or was it six? Yeah, um, I thought it was six, um, but yeah, it was a lot of guys. Orgel broke his wrist. A couple other guys broke. Chad Haga is in there and it's – A lot of bad stuff. A horrible accident. Um, and then – Little guy, uh, you, we were talking before we went on the air, Movistar's uh, rider, uh, Malori, is uh, in a drug-induced coma down in Argentina. From... I think he's out of it now. He was in okay. a drug-induced coma. I think he's out of it now. So, But yeah, he hit his head pretty bad on last Friday's stage. Uh, too Ugh. many crashes, man. The season well, just started. And then we've, well, we've got the one positive crash story. It's not a positive crash, but positive in that Ferrar fell down bike was destroyed he got a bike from a fan got the fan shoes rode the bike to the finish didn't get dq'd i mean it would you borrow your bike to tyler farrar no because it's impossible to borrow your bike to someone loan okay. my bike yes god damn it little guy yes would you lend your bike to to tyler farrar hell yeah i would he's my spirit animal <laughs> spencer would you yeah i think i would uh, uh, Where's he gonna go I, with it? <laughs> yeah, I'm also the same size shoe, so I think I think it oh. would work out fine. <laughs> so, I mean, I would you ask for something? Anything, but like, we wear the same shoe. I feel like we're really glossing over the tragedy of the crashes, but people don't come here for the sad news that they can read anywhere else. But let's well, no, talk about really the practical manner of Tyler for our borrowing um, the bike. So Tyler, Tyler for our crashes, right? <laughs> Crash. So and then he stands yeah. up and he's like, oh, and the first thing he does is he fixes his hair. And then he's like, oh, okay, I need a bike to finish. And then there's just some guy, like, if I well, was that I guy, exactly I'd probably, like, I'd probably be, like, I like this standing. He's laid out. I'd probably be, like, slowly backing up and, like, 
putting my bike behind like a cactus <laughs> or like some kind of tree I'd... that's out there like, oh, I have what bike? I don't know. Like, sir. I just a guy hanging out in my shanty. I'm just hanging desert. out. Shammy times, I... training time. Like, I don't can I interest you that... in a Coke? He like asked the person. I feel like they probably offered to him. Since ah. the general rule is if you take a bike from a fan, you're DQ'd. Right, and There's that it's not a common thing that you problem. crash, and then you just look around and say, "Somebody give me a bike! I'm a pro." Yeah. Um, no, I think I imagine that, he was like just looking at his bike, and it I, was destroyed. Despite all and his the team people, was up the road. yeah, despite all the people on the side of the road at Perry Bay holding up their own wheel sets, nobody ever takes them. You know, what I mean? like no. it's just a but thing. How people... cool would it be? <laughs> now, see, here's the thing, guys, is that. This poor gentleman that had his nice DeRosa campy bike and his shoes on the side of the road all of a sudden gets approached by a long-haired guy that speaks in a funny accent. And right away he thinks – He's got a weird kit on too. And right now, never seen it before. Okay, he's in a kit. He's in like a weird costume. And that, that, that poor individual with his bike is sitting there thinking, oh my god, it's Mad Max. And he's coming to steal the bike from me. To then finish to the good to ride to the finish line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't yeah. think that happens. probably because everyone in Australia is constantly worried that like a Mad Max sort of scenario is breaking out in front of them. Up. The, yeah, I mean, that's I mean, where the movie's it, from. Like, have you ever seen it, the movie? Yeah. Sure, it was. It is there. a post-apocalyptic was, world so. when Tyler Farrar is a team leader. I don't know if he was the team. Yeah, I think I think both team cars left him behind. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just think he was the guys, team you you may not he... be believing in this, but this story has legs. This no. was a real life Mad Max situation no. that happened. This dude, this dude had a chance to get his bike shot by the cycling news people, by everybody, you know, world media. On his, he's paid out a lot of money for his duro, so he probably does a lot of tooth replacements and stuff at his practice, and you know. <laughs> Was able to show off his bike, and the only question I have is, I don't have the photo in front of me, but was the stem slammed? Because that's a good question. I bet it was, because I bet if it was not, Tyler would not have taken that bike. <laughs> Do you think you think he would have looked at it like, oh not man, how awesome would it be? Like Tyler's like, oh man, I need like, a bike to finish. Oh, he's I'm like Aero De Rosa, like I'm okay. out. Carbon wheels, okay, can't be, eh, but okay. Oh, stem's not slammed. Can't yeah, take I'm it. out. Sorry, like broom wagon. <laughs> I'll, I'll walk. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool, I thought. It was cool. It was, nice. it was a very cool move, and I'm glad that race officials were like, yeah, okay, every conceivable option for you was gone. You, yeah. We didn't want you to walk. That's that's okay. And it's we're not, not like gonna... he – yeah, he just made the time cut, you know? I mean, it's not like yeah. he was, like, cruising in and he won the stage or something and otherwise you'd want like it's it's that he just rode to the finish to make Dude, it to it the was, finish so he could start the next day if that was you know? in any local usa cycling race some yeah. like you know high there school substitute anyone on the teacher, side of the road so, well yeah and then some <laughs> high school substitute teacher that's like the uh the official so like me former in a former life would mm-hmm. like read the rules and be like nope can't do it absolutely not that's cheating nope well, like no I can, fun allowed. I'm going mean, to go out on know. a limb here and say Matt Anderson would not have DQ'd them. He would have waited for them to get a bike from a random person, and then he would have paced them. He would have motor paced them back into yeah, the, the field. The number of times he paced me back up after dumb yeah. stuff happened to my bike when he shouldn't have is uh, oh, always epic. good for it. Always good for a draft. Yeah. 
I'm not supposed to be doing this, but get behind the Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> that Jeep's a lifesaver. Yeah. Um, you know what? I think I saw that Jeep this weekend. You guys want to hear a story? Yeah. Uh, sure. What do you got? I got a good one for you. Saturday, uh, me and Caitlin went down by the Minnesota River, uh, right where 35 parking lot there uh, meets Minnesota River, where everyone goes to go mountain biking and ride the river bottoms. But we went down there just to go for a walk. And we started Stupid. driving down that, that long, long hill. Spencer, you know I'm talking about, the long hill down to the parking lot. It's a oh, really yeah. long, gradual hill. And there's a lot of cars like coming out of the parking lot, like parked on the road. And I was like, that's weird. It's never been that busy down here. And we get down there, and there's a lot of fat bikes. Oh, my God, are there a lot of fat bikes? And we lock the car up, and we're walking around. And I'm like, oh, shit, I think there's like a fat bike race. And sure enough, there's tape, and there's a finish line, <laughs> and there's like hundreds of fat bikers. And the race had just finished, like the last stragglers were finishing. Um, but I accidentally went to a fat bike race. Um, I don't know who won. I saw Bergman. So I'm assuming Bergman won. That's my <laughs> estimate. Were there a I lot of carbon uh, fat bikes? There was a ton of carbon fat bikes. Um, Any full suspension yeah. fat bikes? Probably. I don't know. I didn't really look at the bikes. I I pulled my little uh, I pulled my little scarf up over my face to walk past the um, the like the finish line where people were hanging out because I was like, oh no, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm, I'm just <laughs> here for a walk. I'm not here to like shoot this shit with all these bike racers. Uh, Cerisi saw me though. <laughs> hey, uh, he sees everyone. He, he sees everyone, man. I couldn't sneak by him. But anyway, yeah. that's weird. I've never accidentally shown up at a bike race before. Did you that feel that you should have entered? And well, are there rules on fat know. bike races? Like, did the wheels have to be a certain width? I don't know because yeah. all I got is two point twos. My mountain yeah, bike. So if you showed up with that, would they would they scold you? I have no would idea. They... I don't even know where these races are listed. They form a circle around you. Would they circle the fat bikes and kind uh. of uh, pester you and stone well, you? And... So here's the. Isn't I imagine... that a scene out of Mad Max too? When I they're think like riding bikes... around in circles. I think like obviously <laughs> you just you can ride over whatever, right? That's the the appeal of fat bikes. But they were grooming the track. Like they had a little motorcycle that was pulling like a weight. Yeah, like that's a like big the... weight that yeah. was grooming the trail. You're not into that's bullshit. Why are you grooming the trail? You have a fat bike. They don't groom the fucking cross courses when it snows nine feet and my tires are as wide as two fingers. But then they go out there and they groom for a fat bike? Well. What do you mean, well? You're an apologist. I I, Tim, I'm talking to you. I can't explain it, actually. <laughs> like, I Did you, no. Do you guys think that's weird? I, was... I think that's really weird that they groom the trail. One, because like it hasn't snowed much in Minnesota. Like it, Last time we got a significant snow was like, week and a half ago or two weeks ago so like the trail's pretty worn in anyway from people yeah. riding it so why i don't know the grooming thing was weird to me like, well because because everyone has to feel good about their race though guy you can't have a bad experience what? you know That's it's all about the, the user experience yeah so everybody needs to get a medal and everybody needs to feel like you know they had a fair shot and racing needs to be dumbed down to the level that everybody That's could i mean they're racing fat bikes, little guy. Like, come on! Like, you're taking all of this skill and excitement out of it. I went to I went to work. Okay, on we are past our quota on, on fat bikes. Everyone, sorry guys. Hey, um, we we did uh, get two new reviews on uh, iTunes and Stitcher. So on iTunes, we got the longest review ever. It was worth five stars, and I'm just gonna basically paraphrase. I mean, this is like ten paragraphs long, but the PDX commuter says. 
I try to set a good example by waving at fellow riders by st- and stopping at red lights. Unless I'm in a hurry, then I wear another team's kit and ride like a jerk. It's a good, good plan. plan. Yeah, I, well, plan. I was that's what I was saying. Like, so there's a lot of good stuff in here. Like this PDX commuter, you could have just emailed us at the slow ride podcast at gmail dot com, and we would have read a lot <laughs> of this. So first, that's I don't even know why it's in a review, but that is a great idea. So if you're on a group ride, wear the rival team's kit. And then just I, act like a jerk. That's yeah, pretty I brilliant. Do it, I do it all over Boston in my Swift Cycle kit. There you go. Like Swift Cycle. Yeah. Like, oh, I would call it. Um, remember when we were sponsored by Grumpy's Bar and Grill? And I remember a guy called the bar saying that they saw some Grumpy's riders running a red light. And then probably Pat, the owner, bit. was like, I don't care. Probably. Like, he's like, oh, sweet. <laughs> they're wearing our kit. Sweet. You saw it. That's yeah, sweet, man. Working. Like, come on in. Have a beer. I'll buy you a beer. The advertising works. Totally. <laughs> My problem with waving is there are too many other riders to wave at in Portland, Oregon. There's 150 plus people at just at the start line of any given category at the Alpen Rose Cross Crusade race. As there are commuters waiting at a red light during rush hour. So I have to choose which ones and we all look the same. So now the question is, are there too many people to wave at? And this is what was brought up by a friend of the podcast, Derek Lewis, who in the West Side highway of manhattan talks about do you have to wave at every single rider yeah see and you guys keep stressing that you need to wave at everybody and i kind of uh, have always had the platform that if they're in spandex you wave if they're just in regular clothes it's up to you you know no, if they're see, just I'm going a, to the grocery store i, I, I like waving at, at the people i like waving at the people at the grocery store i think my, my official stance is this is that if you can wave safely and it's not completely redundant because it's not like every one sec, like every second there's another new rider coming because then one wave takes care of like 15 riders. Like riding down the greenway in Minneapolis, you don't need to wave at anybody. You're all on a path on bikes. But if you're you're all kitted up in in your kit that, you know, you're in your your team kit and you see another team, you're kind of obligated to wave. Spandex. That's what I said. But, I'm saying if you're on the greenway and there's no one else around and you're both wearing sweatshirts, little sweatshirt wave. You know what I'm saying? Like it's sort of a like it's sort of a like we're in the same boat. Like you're going I, to your grandparents' gonna, house. I'm going to my grandparents' okay. house. Cool. I'm going to say up? this. Let me let me put it this way. If you're if you're in spandex and someone else is in spandex going the other way, you wave. Yes. If, agreed. If you're not in spandex and somebody else is not in spandex, or even if they are, if there's another cyclist going the other way, if you guys make eye contact. Give them a nod or a wave. If you're just going about your business, eh, so, well, so, okay. Here's so the, what I do, though. I'm not trying to make eye contact, but I do want to see what their bike is. So I'm just going to give a little cursory, just a little wave, just so they don't think I'm a jerk, and then I can stare at their group set real quick and just see if it's something cool. Okay. Is that okay? That's, I mean, so, that's your prerogative. At the start of a race or a stoplight, there could be a pro elite rider wearing cutoff jeans to look like a hipster. These elite riders also disguise their bikes with paint and stickers and tape to be less of a theft target. <laughs> I like these sneaky on top of this, elite riders. On top of this, confused Portland grunge hipsters are wearing clothes that make them look homeless, and homeless folks are riding stolen bikes that make them look pro. Guessing wrong and waving at a disgruntled and unstable hipster could make for trouble, and a lowly commuter like me can't <laughs> wave at the pros on the street. Mm. 
So wait, there, so this, there's a wait, lot here, this guys. This guy only wants to wave at so, other fast people just to like score brownie points. That's bullshit. No, wave see, at the, the fucking dirty here, people. Too. No, but like that, that may be, here, the principle may be wrong. But the, this is so this is a specific. This is a specific to Portland so, problem. This yeah, doesn't happen anywhere but in Portland. And I'm going to tell you what. All of all of the people that he's described are Todd Danger or Adam Craig. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Todd, I, Danger, I mean, Todd Danger is the no one knows who Todd Danger is, but Todd Danger is a messenger is a messenger legend. And he's homeless and has a nice bike covered in stickers. That's you know. Remember when he know, built that amazing fast. vanilla, the vanilla and it, frame? And it was built completely wrong. It was built completely wrong. That was good. That yeah, yeah. was the early his days. Rear, his rear wheel wouldn't fit because the the seat stays rubbed on it. Yeah. So, so, guys, but here, here's the question out, out of this review that somehow is a review, but it's really just like a, a sounding board. Have wow, you guys ever disguised it. a bike? Have you ever disguised a bike with paint or stickers or tape to be less of a theft target? Like, put no. the old duct tape on the saddle trick? Like, I've seen that before. Yeah, but I never understand that because most – I would say like 90% of the people that steal bikes, it's just a it's – a, it's an opportunity crime. And it's not because they're like – Oh, I've always wanted a, a DeRosa, so I'm going to go steal yeah. a DeRosa. No, that's what Tyler Farr did, though. He probably wanted yeah. DeRosa. Probably no, I, I agree with that. I don't want to ride a Cervelo. I got this sweet DeRosa. You you can tell, like, a, a Kmart mountain bike from a really nice mountain bike, but at the same time, you can't tell a $500 mountain bike from a $1,500 mountain bike if you're just a, you know, Joe Schmo criminal. Like, you're just kicking open the door to the garage and taking whatever's in there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when I when I was with you, Spencer, at hard times, and I got my wheel stolen off my mountain. Yeah. Bike, like I highly doubt that the person who stole it was walking down the street and was like, "Oh, look at that vintage <sighs> mountain bike wheel! I've always is, wanted a Ringley front hub." Is that a oh, red, red anodized? Oh, red anodized so rim. Oh, sweet. That's that a twenty-six inch wheel. Tire. Oh man, yeah. I gotta steal that. That's the thing to complete my vintage mountain bike project. Yeah, no, it was no. just some fucking kid that went by. It was, and was, it like, was somebody who was like, "Look at that idiot with a quick release who didn't <laughs> lock up his front wheel." I've never fucking locked a front wheel in Minneapolis, like ever. The irony is that I worked for the lock company at that time. I know. <laughs> Should have had like fifty-five locks on you. Pull them out. So. Um, no, that was dumb. But anyway, I, you know what I mean. It's just like somebody yeah. just stole it. It, it, it is an opportunity crime. But so I, I I will say I've done that. I've put stickers all over a bike to kind of make it look less fancy. Uh, but that was a long time ago. I've since given that up and yeah. just said, you know what? I'm going to just use the proper amount of security and not leave my bike in dumb places. That's kind Did of I? the – I haven't had a bike stolen, knock on wood, in like six, seven years yeah, or any part of a here. bike. I mean my wife has had her bike stolen, but yeah. not not me. So um, – <laughs> Fuck it. At um. the risk of repetitive, this, this goes on. At the risk of repetitive motion or whiplash, wh- repetitive motion injury or whiplash, I might try acknowledgement with just a head nod. So, is it bad, best to nod up or down? Hmm. Up seems oh, most okay. correct, but I can only go so far while in the drops. I go. I think you got to do up. Yeah. I think you got to go. I was just up. gonna say I go down, but I want to rephrase that. <laughs> Whoa, that's yeah. <laughs> I think a downwards head nod is is the way to go. You know, you give them a, it's like a tip of the cap. 
No, oh, but here's what I think. I, I do the I head nod. They're gonna they're gonna misconstrue that Spencer. Listener will appreciate the tip of the cap. Oh, he turned this off a while back when we made fun of the Welsh. They're gonna think you're just you're looking at your power meter. They're not gonna know that you're that well, downward you, is for them. They're gonna you think you're just eyes. checking your watts. You lock eyes, and then you, you, you unlock, give their bike a quick look back. up and down with just the eyes, and then you give the head nod. <laughs> okay, it's deliberate. So, all right, they guys. Feel it, special. They feel loved. This review, which still hasn't told anything right, about the now. quality that we have, has a PS. Okay. I like the podium bike discussion. Next, I think you guys should address porta potty bikes. If I'm at a race and I'm going that way and I'm in a hurry, two minutes before the whistle and assuming I get past the minefield of bikes spread all over the ground in front of the toilets, how it's am true. I supposed to go when the toilet when the bikes are leaned up five deep against the only open toilet? It's 2016, people. It is barbaric to think that we can't put a bike rack by the toilets. Wait, there maybe the answer is bike. mandatory kickstands on every bikes. I don't know. So even if I do make it to the porta pit without stepping on or a bike or knocking one over, then I leave the dark, smelly, dirty plastic cesspool and a gasp of air held in my breath. This is not the place to lay down your eight thousand dollar fancy carbon spoked tubular ride just two feet in front of me, so I can trip on it. That's true. They should, you Have you ever noticed? I, this is this is an astute observation. At the I just beat my bike against the back of the portage. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what side. he's saying. Like people lean like five of them deep, so you could be in the portage on, and you come out, and then your bike is like five deep yeah. because people have leaned it's their bikes bike on top pile. of yours. I think if 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 people lean their bike on your bike and you come out, you're. I mean, you can't just kick their bike over, it but you're, you're totally right in the to right to just take yeah. their bike and just go put it on it? the ground. No, just lean it down. Just put it on the ground. Derailleur side down. No, just, don't grail shit on. That's just a dick. That's a just a dick and an unpro move. Whatever side's up. Yeah, but it general. could be the guy next to you in the start line. <laughs> it's still not nice. I'm just saying you can put it on the ground. I mean, what are That's they going to do? Get mad? And you'd be like, you boxed me in. It is. If you are going to steal a bike, if you are going to steal a bike, you go to a bike race and you go to the Porta Johns at the bike race because people like will leave that and they're like in there changing. So like even if yeah. they hear you walk away with the bike, like they have a really loud freewheel. And they hear you rolling away. They're like, they have one leg out of the chamois. You know, they're like trying to get it on. Like, whoa, so get you, back here, guys! You think there's a guy in the bathroom, and he and there's bikes all around being wheeled around, ridden around him. But he hears a very particular yeah. freewheel, and he says, "That's my freewheel." Yes, I know that's my freewheel. And so he runs out with one leg in a chamois, one leg in some jeans. Hey, we got a uh, traditional review, final one of the week. Now with less snark. From Go Dot Jones, discovered this podcast through the Speed Metal Cycling. Have you the Speed Metal podcast? I never heard of it. Um, reminiscent of the mighty two Johns, but with three Johns and two thirds less snark. Good mix of commentary on the Pro Peloton and personal perspective of guys who actually ride in race bikes. Who is he talking about? <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> it's dude, guys. It's going to be like fifty degrees t- tomorrow morning. So guess who is not riding his bike? Do we have to guess? No. Are, is that because it's cold or just because it's Tuesday and you got to go to work? Uh, it's Tuesday because i got to go to work. Hey, Wait, um, you were saying you weren't going to ride because that was cold? Yeah. I didn't even get that. Yeah, I know. Hey, this is Zach McDonald, DJ the one and only Louisville Phone Party, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast.
All right, we're back. And guys, real quick, Carlos Sastro played the game at cyclingnews.com of his dream team. The rules are pick nine riders that you have ridden with and pick your dream team. Little guy, I, I just thought it? of you this entire time. Yeah, can I look at it yet? Or are you guys Because on his dream team, we have Carlos Sastre picks himself as the GC contender. <laughs> he has Jose Clearly. Maria Jimenez. As his uh, as a climber, because he was like his brother in law. Yep, and he has a brother in law. They grew up together. He has yeah. a hugely talented climber, who he raced with for a while, <laughs> that dropped both Bradley Wiggins and Chris Froome halfway up the Angrillo in the process to winning the Volta. Oh, Kobo! He's got he Kobo. Has Kobo, does he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because he fucking knows! <laughs> <laughs> he knows the power. I'm not the only one who believes Kobo should have been the greatest Grand Tour rider of the last 15 years. The greatest Grand Tour rider of the last 15 years knows. He has sprinters. Awesome. Stuart O'Grady, and I like his reasoning behind Stuart O'Grady because he doesn't need teammates know. to win stages. He's like, okay. yeah, you could just, like, you know, he'd be a good guy. Yeah. He has Fabian Consolera as a domestique. Hell yeah. His Giovanni Lombardi. Good mm-hmm. There you go. Nice. He has Inigo Cuesta. Uh-huh. Good climber. He has Domestic Michael Bladzen. Don't know that guy, but I bet he can put mm-hmm. down the watts. Uh, he's a Danish guy from uh, CSC. So a lot of these guys. And then his team yeah. captain out on the word is Kurt Eisel Everson. Oh, yeah. That's a nice, like, nice Seems like a very loyal old, team. Uh, yeah, old... old Mostly old CSC guys. And then Kobo. Oh, yeah. Uh, when I saw <laughs> Kobo, I was like, this has to go on the podcast. Yeah. This is great. I'm just looking at it now. Um, what do you, I didn't get to read all the stuff he said about Jose Jimenez. I'm sure that was full of... Oh, he just talks sad. about how, like, technically it wasn't... He was never... They were never on the same team. Yeah. But it's his buddies. brother-in-law that he, like, trained with forever. So... Yeah. Yeah, I remember right, let's reading get... something about when when Jose when he died because he died pretty young and how him and Carlos Sastre had grown up together and all that stuff. It sounded pretty sad. Anyway. Wow. Well, let's uh, get to more happier news. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the start of the road season, the official start. And the three of us decided this past week, road racing season does not start until the weekend of February twenty seventh, when the Um Loop. Het Nieswold takes place, followed by Kern-Brussel-Kern the next day. So again, the last weekend of February is the official start of road racing, and until then, it is all just team training camps, and that means it is time for silly season, which we will get to in a second. But gentlemen. How is this silly season has become so malleable with you? It's silly season here. It's silly silly season season because I don't know if you read the – expose on team smart stop mountain khaki today the one in the new york times no the one that was on cycling news in which that they haven't paid any of their riders for like the last eight months they still owe quite a bit and to the point that there is a team camper that is abandoned on the side of the road at some gas station in utah that it's not possible supposedly is filled with team bikes and 
Yeah, amazing wait, stuff, wait, guys. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Why is it abandoned? Why did they leave it there? Because it, it broke, broke down. down. No. Like the, oh, so the truck got broke down. But there's just a camper. Like, we could hook a truck up to the camper? No, no, or it's is it like bus. It's like oh, a it's bus. It's a full bus. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. I'm going to call McDonough. <laughs> Tim, you got frequent flyer miles. Yeah, I'll meet you're you out there. Fly us, you're going you're gonna to fly us all out there because I don't have any miles. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we're going to fly McDonough out. We're going to buy like a cheap uh, ratty car. I'll drive around in. We're going to find this truck. Matt's going to fix it. We're going to just pump him full of coffee while it happens. And we're going to sell all those wheelers back to Dominant or to, uh, to Dom. Um, and it'll be great. So this is we'll our team. Rich. This is our team bus. It will be our team bus slash we'll sell all the bikes to be I mean, rich. I'm pretty sure it got impounded and that there is some sky high bill. Uh, that you'd have to pay to get it out of the impound. No, no, no. no this it's is probably this just is behind behind a truck stop. We just have to have Matt fix it. No, guys, this is like this is a this is a job for the A team. Um, where the, you got to break we, it out of you. We have to break it out of there. Oh okay. yeah. Okay. Okay. I've got disguises. <laughs> you, you, you know. Of course you, you do. <laughs> you're the helicopter pilot, little guy. Fuck yeah. All right. <laughs> I've right. sworn more in this episode than any episode. All right, so <laughs> just realize that. So team Smart Stop and Adam Meyerson kind of went, um, you know, gave some insight on his Twitter feed about this entire ordeal, talking about this art. The, in the article, the team owners like, oh, we just got out ahead of ourselves because they were having success, and they kept like, oh, let's become a stage race team, and let's sign bigger and better people, let's let's pay more money. Well, and, this is a this is a team that has been around for a long time yeah. and should have known what they were doing, right? Yeah. Like they grew and and they grew from a small team, uh, the Time Pro Cycling team, and uh, Eric Saunders was a part of that. We interviewed him on the podcast uh, last year, and then it grew and grew, and they had some success, became Mountain Khakis, and then Adam uh, took part in it, and we've had him on the podcast. So like we've actually got some connections to this team and we will kind of watch them grow up. Um, you know, I worked for time and for a couple other sponsors of the team over the years. Um, and they just, at the end, just like got stars in their eyes and started being like, Oh, we can win tours. We can win. We can go to Europe and we can do like, did they just get too big for their britches? Like what happened? It was the old, uh, let's not balance our checkbook. Let's not like actually budget. My favorite part was that they were leveraging. They were trying to leverage like the national road title won by Marcotte into, um, and their NRC overall won by Travis McCabe Mm -hmm. into like bigger sponsorship. And the, the key quote from this article in cycling news was, the national championship and NRC success led to a larger allocation of water bottles in 2015, but not much else. <laughs> well, so and who's their water bottle sponsor? And Special the best life. part was, so if you read like Myerson's, Myerson's thing, you feel kind of bad. He's like, when you overspend every year, then continually pay back the last year with next year's much money, eventually the bottom falls out. This is like the Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. they just never got out ahead, and then they're like, oh, we're winning these races. Let's start paying everybody. And then I didn't know that Marcotte showed up to a race and won it and then covered the Smart Stop logo on his jersey when he crossed the finish line. And there's a picture of that it. on the article in Cycling News. And then in the article, he's like, yeah, that was the number one reason I went to that race was because I was going to win and I wanted to cover up the sponsor on the jersey because he hasn't gotten paid. 
Um, that's pretty sweet. Myerson says, Wait, I so kept isn't that. There's supposed to be money in the bank. There's supposed well, to be that's, UCI bank. Well, they talk they, about they that. They touch on that. Yeah, they, <laughs> it's pretty great. Work. It's supposed to be they, uh... 15% of the salary. And when they started raising the salaries, they never like updated the bank loan. So it was just kind of like. What the hell is oh. the UCI doing? They just carried yeah, it over no, from the, the previous year. <laughs> Probably a pretty standard domestic small. Well, that goes to the next part. Are we are we surprised at all? Like, are we surprised that Smart Stop Cop Smart Stop was too good to be true? Uh, I'm not surprised. I don't know. I wasn't That's not surprised. How Spencer feels. Spencer, are you surprised? Uh, I'm just surprised that they took a winning formula that seemed to be working and just completely turned it upside down to try and make it something else, try to force it to be something it wasn't. And I think that's probably a big part of where it all went wrong is, uh, you know. But it's an appealing thing, and it feels like a lot of teams fall into this, like, you know, you want to grow. I mean, a lot of businesses fall into the same ideas, like, you're so big, but you could be a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger, and before you know it, you know, you can't pay any of your bills and you're screwed, you know? like It's kind of like kinda, this podcast. Yeah, it's like this podcast, right? Like, we used to be small time, and now I require that big jar of M&Ms before every episode. You guys uh-huh. know, it's get, that shit's getting expensive. But I'm not going back. I'm never going back. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting that big jar of brown M&Ms every time. <laughs> Do they even make brown M&Ms anymore? No idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, little guy, you got bike swap this weekend. Uh, oh, hell yeah. I got bike swap. Uh, let's do a little pre-sale here. I got a KHS uh, Cross 200 uh, frame, just frame, uh, raw painted color. I'm going to say 100 bucks. Call me up. 100 bucks. It's going to be $110 at the swap, people. Um, I don't know what else I got. I got a bunch of shit. I'll be there. Nice. What are you seeking out? I can't. I can't divulge that information. <laughs> um, I am definitely looking for Miche. Okay, I'm going to say this right now. Square taper aluminum Miche super type cranks. I will pay. <laughs> I don't know what I'll pay. I've never oh. seen them in real life. I'd be so excited to even just see them. I want that. I just want goofy stuff. You know me. I want like I want a bunch of like six feet. Yeah. To, like, you're gonna uh, buy more rotor cranks. Wheels. You're gonna buy some power cranks. You're gonna. I buy do. Some... I am gonna try to sell my rotor cranks because I'm not using them. <laughs> so I do have a pair of rotor rotor road cranks with the rings for sale. Very reasonable price, people. Call me up. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. All prices are gonna be higher at the swap oh. than they are at, on the podcast. <laughs> I need some 27 inch tires. So if anyone else out there has has some 27 inch tires, that's what I need. Doubtful. I know. I mean, remember, remember, like five years ago, Spencer, I bought some twenty-seven inch tires for a dollar a piece at the swap. Oh yeah, that's what that's what I've been riding at work for the last like three months. <laughs> that's a value, man. That is a value. Good but job. they're really skinny. But anyway, yeah, I got bike swap. It's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna tell you guys about cool stuff next. <laughs> well, I can't wait, and I know our listeners can't wait to next. But you're week's... gonna have to. And with that, we'd like to thank all our listeners to the Slow Ride Podcast. <laughs> iTunes and Stitcher. Thanks, BK1 of Rhymesters Entertainment for intro and outro music. Leave us a review. Email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com. And with that, we bid you adieu. You're off the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The slowridepodcast.com.
and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod.